and Canada with God. You're listening to The Breakfast Show on Faith FM. Well, let's go to our Bible study of today, our 20 million movement Bible study, and let's go to Hebrews chapter 4 and verse 12. Let's read Hebrews 4 verse 12, Darren, please. Yes, yes, a great verse. It says here in Hebrews 4.12, For the word of God is alive and powerful. It is sharper than the sharpest two-edged sword, Cutting between soul and spirit, between joint and marrow, it exposes our innermost thoughts and desires. Okay, this is an interesting verse. I love the way it puts it in uh, my old English translation, where it says that the word of God is quick. Mm. Mm. Now, when I see that, and then it goes on to talk about a sword, and so I remember that you know, as a kid, I'd always read that and I'd be like, "Oh wow, this is a really fast sword," you know. <laughs> And cut, 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 cut. Yeah, young guy, you'd love that, yeah. Oh, absolutely. This is what guys are into. And come to find out the word quick in Old English didn't actually mean fast. Well, it's live and powerful. It meant alive. So Old English, the word quick, if I was to say, okay, this guy's still alive, I'd say he's still quick. Yeah. And So, so when, it, when it says um, it comes to quicken the dead, it actually comes to make them alive again. That's right. That's right. Absolutely. That's what it's all about. Or when it talks about... It took, when, when it says quickening the dead, it makes, it's the resurrection. When it talks about the quick and the dead, it's talking about the living and the dead. Yeah, okay. Interesting, interesting. These, okay. are, these are phrases that have worked their way into modern English uh, from 1611 KJV. But there you go. Mm. Okay, so the Bible describes the Word of God as a sharp, two-edged sword, double-sided sword, and that it then cuts and divides, and it even gets down to your bone marrow. That's getting into the nitty-gritty, isn't it? <laughs> you, can't get, you can't get further into your innermost being than inside the bone marrow. Well, it's piercing your organs, but then it's also going inside your bone into the marrow. So that's right into the very all the way. heart of all it. All the way, all the way. Why do you think the Bible is, is described this way? Well, I think um, because the Bible convicts. It convicts when you read it. You, you feel conviction. I mean, anytime I pick up the Bible open and read, there's always something new that I, I learn. Um, but also, at times, I'm chastened by the Bible as well when you read it. You say, well, I didn't know it said that, but it does. And then you've got to follow it. So. <laughs> Indeed. And this is, so there's a, there's a couple of things that I see here. First of all, as you say, sometimes you feel a little bit chastened by the Bible. You read something that's like, I don't really like that, that sort of, cuts across what I'm used to and just sort of thinking back to Patricia's testimony where she's reading the Bible. She's 15 years old. The Bible says, you know, don't have carved images and don't worship them. And she's like, well, what do I do about, you know, where I'm going to church where there's lots of carved images and lots of that kind of worship. And she's like, well, I'm going to keep worshiping God, but I'm not going to go to this particular church anymore. And it begins her on a journey of investigation and that wouldn't have been easy sometimes reading the bible is not easy and sometimes it kind of does cut us you're listening to the breakfast show podcast on faith fm positively different here's a question darren you ever been cut by a sharp knife oh all the time my wife has those global knives which um her knives and i dare not i kind of take it out to open up a bag of chook feed and boy do I cop it if I take her knives outside um, <laughs> or sometimes I will get the tip to open up a can and I will cop it because you know you're going to break the tip um, she protects you of a knife she sharpens them every week or so she's got the right tools it but I don't touch them or else I cop it because they're her knives they are her sharp knives when you get cut by one of those knives it hurts 
Yeah, and, and you don't feel it at first, but then, yeah, the sting kicks in. Um, they're so sharp that it cuts, but then you, you, the pain comes a second or two later. Particularly if you uh, cut yourself while you are, you know, peeling a lemon or something like that. Oh, it's, yeah. Okay, I want you to all have a mental image of uh, slicing your finger while slicing a lemon. That's a fun mental image to have right now, isn't it? That's going to sting and that's going to hurt. That's right. When I read this verse, what it indicates to me is that sometimes when you are reading the Bible, it's going to expose your innermost being, who you are at your core, not who you are on social media. There's a very big difference between who you are at your core, who you are on the outside, and who you are on social media. Well, yeah, that's the big thing is um, social media generally is fake. Um, What you see there often is not the real person. It's what they want you to think they are. That's right. We follow all of these people on social media and think that they live these uh, these magic, charmed lives and that they are just so amazing. Like, wow, wish we could have a life like that. And In fact, I say with younger people, it definitely is a cause of anxiety and depression, which is at all-time highs today, often because of this keeping up with the Joneses type idea that social media is portraying. And um, the kids just don't know how to cope with that or to see through that. Yeah, I'm just not as happy as the people I see on social media, so therefore there's a major problem. Yeah. yeah. And the reality is that you know those people are posting a one-second glimpse of their life per day which is a very which portrays a very unreal. You know, if I look back at my social media, it's like, oh man, I have a charmed life. Look at all these amazing things that I do. Well, I put um, up my chooks and I put up my cat and my dog and my garden and um, yeah, but I don't tell you exactly the bad things happened that day. I tell you the no, good things. Happened no, that day. we don't do that. We don't do that on social media. Um, we don't even do that so much in real life. We're more likely to do so in real life. Yeah, but if, if in Australia, especially if I say, "How are you going?" You answer me, rotten, fine. <laughs> no, of course. No. <laughs> I don't think I've ever answered with rotten. No, no. You always say you're fine, even if you're, the world's ending. You still say I'm fine. Yes, I'm fine. Um, yes. Um, because that's what you're taught to say, to um, hide your real emotions, to put on the mask and to try and present something different. The thing is, this two-edged sword thing in the Bible, uh-huh. when you're looking in the mirror there, it's a pretty stark mirror to look into and um, it tells you the truth. Yes, absolutely. And see, sometimes you see these memes, you know, what uh, I think I am, what my mother thinks I am, what my school friends think I am, what I actually am. And it's a little bit like that. Social media is, you know, what my friends think I am. Um, people that I associate with is, you know, a bit better idea of who I am. And then there is the Bible, what you actually are. Yeah. And that's not always a pretty picture. And this is why the Bible talks about the sword cutting, because sometimes when you read the Bible, it should hurt. I think if it doesn't hurt, then you're not reading it correctly. I mean, exactly. it, it needs to speak to you and um, it needs to transform you. I mean, as you were talking about Patricia earlier, um, I, I was talking about that pastor prepared to leave his home at 10 o'clock, arrive the other side of Sydney at her house 10.30, do a probably hour-long Bible study, then drive home again, arrive home at midnight. Um, I'm saying, wow, that's dedication. Um and, and it was a sacrifice for that. But look at what it did to her. A 15-year-old girl in, early in life, already wondering about, um, well, what, what is truth and seeking after truth. But this pastor prepared to 
sit down and help her realise what truth really is. And I'm sure it would have hurt. It would have hurt. Yeah, I'm thinking I lived in Sydney for 21 years and Kellyville to Artarman, I'm thinking, is more than half hour. Oh, but maybe at that hour especially of the night. If it's, especially that hour of night, maybe. But I know I've tried to drive from Kellyville and it's any time of day, it's just pure craziness. Why you live in Sydney in this day and age... Um, I mean, I can drive from Morissette to 21 Sydney years. faster than what it can from Kellyville to Tarman, but yeah. <laughs> I, I, I always said I spent 21 years trying to get out of Sydney. And I'll tell, you, I'll tell you the reason why people... I'll tell you the reason why I lived in Sydney. Yeah. Because God called me to be there. Well, that, well that's and, a and good it, enough reason. You know, it, was just, it was one of those most frustrating things because it was like so many times I prayed, Lord, get me out of this city. And he's like, yeah, now you're going to be here for another five years. And I'm like, oh, no, not another five years. What do you do this to me for? Yeah, no, it's a crazy place. But there are good things there too. I mean, I, oh, don't, absolutely. I don't mind going to the city sometimes. In fact, my favourite bookstore is right in the middle of Sydney above Town Hall Station. <laughs> so yep. I love going in there to my favourite bookstore and just spending some time in the city. And, um, as, and as far as a natural beauty goes for a city, oh, yeah. it is world class. Beautiful. It is Beautiful. absolutely world class. gardens and the, and the sandstone buildings, etc. The, the museums. Um, it is an amazing place. Harbour. But, but driving, amazing. crazy. Oh, <laughs> it gives me stomach acid just thinking about it. But, you know, but this is a great story about how the Word of God changed Patricia's life. And now she's changing hundreds of other lives. That's right. I mean, we don't even know. She was working for um, Hope Channel TV for a significant period of time. How many lives have, got, have been changed through that? Will we ever know this side of eternity? Um, since, going, since doing that, she's now you know, pastoring a church in Sydney and giving Bible studies, you know, preaching sermons, doing evangelistic prayer, whatever it might be, she's out there and well, she is Well, her story right now is a message has gone viral. Um, That's right. Social media. Absolutely. Social media and major news outlet right across, national news outlet featuring her testimony. Yep, yep. That, that shows what quickening, as you say, of the sword can do and, and the power of it um, to change lives. Yes, indeed it does. Let's go back to the book of Acts. We've been working our way through the book of Acts this week and looking at different aspects of the book of Acts. Uh, we did talk earlier in the week about you know, how some Bibles just call it the book of Acts. Some call it, Bibles call it the Acts of the Apostles. The reality is that the book of Acts is the Acts of the Holy Spirit. Amen. And what we're going to be looking at today, of course, is the Word of God in the context of the Holy Spirit. And so how the Holy Spirit and the Word of God work together. Our first verse is Acts 4 and verse 4. Yes, I've got it here. Here it says, Acts 4, 4, But many of the people who heard their message believed it. So the number of believers now totaled about 5,000 men, not counting women and children. That's a pretty powerful evangelistic campaign. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> um, I have uh, I've seen some larger, la- rather large baptisms. Been able to be have the privilege of of being involved in some. Never seen anything like this. Uh, verse thirty one for us, please, um, Darren. Thirty one over the page. Here we are. After this prayer, the meeting place shook, and they were all filled with the Holy Spirit. Then they preached the word of God with. Boldness. Okay, so notice what happens here, in, particularly in verse 31. We did read this earlier, but there's something I want to highlight that we did not highlight earlier in the week. They were all filled with, what comes first? The Holy Spirit. And then when they were filled with Holy Spirit, what did they do? 
They preached the word of God with boldness. They preached the word of God. So you've got two things. To bring about these massive conversions, you've got two things that are working hand in hand here. You have the work of the Holy Spirit and the word of God. Now, as human beings, the devil likes to always get us out of balance. And if he can't get us to serve him, he will get us to serve God in an unbalanced way. Yeah. Well, often, sometimes to open the Bible and read it without... And you can read it as a book. I mean, I remember when I taught scripture in schools, um, I had a kid come to me. Um, I'd given him a Bible and in the class, and he t- they took it home. And he came next day and said, I read the whole, like a week later, I read the whole book. Wow. That's he impressive effort. <laughs> but without the Holy Spirit, it's just a book. Yeah, that's right. It's just information. It's just interesting stories. Um, but, yeah, congratulations to him for having a, uh, having a solid crack there. away. But, read but, the Bible in a week. But yeah, you, 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 as you say, you've got to combine the two, reading with praying for the Holy Spirit, because that's the only way you're going to get the yes, power. Yes, that's um, the only way you get the blessing from it. Yeah, yeah. And the Bible says that we should worship God in spirit and in truth. The Bible is what gives us truth. The Holy Spirit is what, what gives us power. It's uh, a little bit like a lamp. You need to have two things to be able to create light. You need to have fuel and you need to have um, the lamp to actually put that fuel in. You're listening to The Breakfast Show Podcast on Faith FM. Positively different. All right, let's, uh, let's, let's go to Acts chapter... Where were we up to? We did chapter 4. We were talking about... Okay, yeah, this is what we're talking about. We're talking about the necessity of the Holy Spirit and the Word of God and the two working in harmony with each other. The Bible says, you know, your word is a light unto my feet and a lamp unto my path. And so the word is like a lamp. Yep. But a lamp is not going to do you anything good because to be able to produce light, you have to actually put some oil into it and the oil is a symbol of the Holy Spirit. And when you have the oil and the lamp, yep. then you have light. I was reading a story the other day about a lady um, in the concentration camps back in, in Germany, um, a Jewish lady, and she wanted to keep the Sabbath even though she was um, obviously under duress. So she would save her margarine or butter that she would get a small bit during the week. She would save it or save it up turn it into oil, use a bit of cotton for a wick and would light up her candle on Friday night to bring in the Sabbath and that kept her alive of hope throughout her time in the concentration camp. And you know what? That hope was probably more value to her than the nutrition that she would have received from the margarine or butter that they were giving her. A sign of resistance for her. Amazing. And, and, and it got her through. Just lighting a candle every Friday night to bring in her Sabbath. What a story. What an inspiration right there. But yeah, there. you're right. You need the, the fuel and you need the wick and you need something to light it and spark it and get it going. So. I, wonder if, I wonder if Jesus had been here during the, uh, in, in our era rather than 2,000 years ago, whether he would have said it's a little bit like having a torch and the Word of God is like the torch and the Holy Spirit is like the battery. I think he would have. Well, even like a mobile phone battery, when this runs out... Yeah, that's right. You feel so disconnected and so lost. So, it's like yeah. my battery... My Bible has died. I can't read my Bible anymore because the battery went flat. Uh, For me, this thing, I go out and use a torch on it um, yes. to block up my chooks. Yes. So I shine the torch where I want the ducks to go, and they come, I open the gate, and the runners come running out of their pen, all run past my legs and into the shed every single night. You just got to point the torch at them. But every single night, without fail almost, I'm standing there doing it, and because I've used the phone all day and it's almost flat, 
It suddenly goes off. <laughs> I'm there standing in the dark without my battery. Um, so yeah, I, I sort of say I should have plugged it in when I got home. You need the power in this thing to function. That's right. And so it's like the Holy Spirit then is the source of power. That's right. And So the battery is the source of power. You can have the phone, I can open it, but if it's not powered up, it's a pretty useless piece of junk. Really. It is. I don't know what you'd use it for. What would you use a phone for if you couldn't switch it on? Like if you were stuck on a desert island and the phone washed up on the beach. And you might be able to use the shine on the sun to try and light a fire, but even then I don't think it's going to reflect well enough. I don't think um, so. No, it's pretty useless. Yeah. You need the power. Um, and this is the Bible. Um, you can read it as a book, as, as um, this kid did. And, um, and I mean, I'm pretty sure it had an effect on him, but... Mm. Um, Unless you're praying for the Holy Spirit to come in and help you interpret what you're reading, then you you, you, you might be blessed, but a double, triple, a big whammy happens when you ask the Holy Spirit to come in. That's right. Absolutely. Let's look at a few more of these verses. Uh, Acts chapter 13, verse 48 and 49 is where we're heading to next. That's Acts 13, 48 and 49. Follow us along if you are not on the road right now. Acts 13 and 48, verse 48. When the Gentiles heard this, they were very glad and thanked the Lord for his message and all who were chosen for eternal life became believers. So the Lord's message spread throughout all that region. Okay, that was verse 49 as well. 49. Um, jumping over here. Where are we? 48. Yep. Um, that was 49. Yeah, 48 and 49. Okay, wonderful. And so what you've got here once again is that the Word of God is exploding. It is going like wildfire. And it is the Word of God that is exploding, but it is exploding under the power of the Holy Spirit. It's these two things in combination. I like the way it calls it here, the Lord's message spread. Yes. Because this this is like a, a, a letter, God's letter to us. It's a message. Um, That's right. It's, it's a story to us, and um, with the Holy Spirit, when you get a bit of fire in that, it spreads pretty quickly. <laughs> it does indeed. Let's go over to uh, Acts chapter 17 and verse 2. Acts, Acts 17, 17 verse, verse 2. 2. Flipping through Acts. Yeah, so once again, you know, you can think about the, uh, the old illustration of oil, and you get the right kind of oil, you put a flame to it, and it's going to spread pretty quickly. You know, the right kind of oil can actually go off with a whoosh. Anyway, Acts 17 verse 2. Yes, as was Paul's custom, he went to the synagogue service and for three Sabbaths in a row, he used the scriptures to reason with the people. He explained the prophecies and proved that Messiah must suffer and rise from the dead. He said, this Jesus I'm telling you about is the Messiah. So when we talk about the book of Acts and the title that is typically given to it, the Acts of the Apostle. If we apostles, if we then compare that with the title that should be given to it that we have discovered as a result of this Bible study, the Acts of the Holy Spirit. Now name. that we've added this aspect into it, we should probably call it the Acts of the Holy Spirit working through the Word of God. Yep, the Acts of the Holy Spirit working through the Acts of the Apostles. <laughs> yes, the Acts of the Holy Spirit working through the Acts of the Apostles in conjunction with the Word of God. Yep. Yeah, the three, it's a three-pronged thing. It is. It's a three-pronged thing. And, um, but when you read Acts, you say, wouldn't it be great to have that happening today? I mean, I know you go to some places and it, it is happening. Like in, if I go to New Guinea, it, 
it's powerful over there. Um, but in Australia, you say, yeah, I want that day to come when we see 3,000 people converted in one, one evening or one day. Wouldn't that be powerful? It will be. And, um, I mean, it will be. When, when you read um, Joel, it says it's going to happen again. That's right. I'm, I, I believe that this will happen and that we will have exciting things in front of us. One last quick point. I like the way that you said there are three aspects to this because you've got the lamp, you've got the fuel, and then you've got the person to switch it on or light it. And that's what God has called, us to, called us to do. Switch on the light of the word of the Holy Spirit.